Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Heisong, coming at you live from Canton, Ohio, this time around. Join with me, as always, out in beautiful Boise, Idaho, Dustin. How's it going? Allie, it's cold. It's a little, you know, winter out here. But uh, I know you've got to spend some wonderful time in the sun out in, I believe, Phoenix, Arizona, right? I did. Uh, I'll tell you what, it wasn't sunny. It was raining. So that wasn't great. Didn't love that. Yeah, but uh, out here, uh, when I came back from Ohio from our trip a couple, uh, well, almost two weeks ago, we we're coming up on it. Uh, there was snow here. I got I came home to snow that was not here, but uh, you know it snows here in the wintertime. That's what it does in the West. Uh, but Allie, it's been a great week. The Browns are uh, we have uh, two victory Mondays in a row, which we haven't had well for. I can't remember the last time the Browns had two victory monies in a row. It's been a hot a minute. minute. It's been um, a minute. <laughs> we, we, we saw the debut of Deshaun Watson. Um, oh. And thank God the defense showed up on Sunday to play football because that's all we needed this last Sunday. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting ride with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, in a few minutes, we will have a special guest. He doesn't really need an appearance. Um, if you walk in the introduction, he doesn't need yeah. an introduction. He does not need an introduction at all, but we will give him one because he deserves it. Uh, but in a few moments here, uh, the legendary Bernie Kozar will be joining the podcast uh, live uh, from Northeast Ohio, probably not too far from you, Allie. He's out there on the farm uh, checking in with us here in a few minutes. But Allie, why don't we talk about one of our sponsors uh, that we wouldn't be able to do this. Or have people on like Bernie without our sponsors. Absolutely. Who you got, Dustin? Give them a shout out. Well, you know what? I'm going to give a shout out to Stadium Mustard, right? Um, If anybody played or, you know, was ever a kid and went to the stadium, that being the old municipal, or if they went to the new First Energy, guess what they had? Stadium Mustard, right? The iconic mustard, no matter where you are, wherever you've been, that is the iconic stadium mustard. So if, and by the way, you can order it now online at stadiummustard.com. It's great for the holidays. It's great for anything. Ali likes it on her. I had it on the brat when we were there. I think you like it on the pretzels. You know, you can put it on, you know, anything, but stadium mustard, uh, the iconic legendary mustard from Northeast Ohio. Yes, it is. It's loved by millions. Head on over to stadiummustard.com to get yours today. Uh, Before we welcome Bernie Kozar onto the show, just some quick updates for your Cleveland Browns. Uh, The Browns have claimed wide receiver Jalen Darden and have placed uh, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz on injured reserve. So you're out, uh, Anthony Schwartz, for the foreseeable future. Um, Dustin, that was kind of a, a, I, I would consider that, a big loss um, at yeah. the wide receiver three position. Um, Ancioni Taki Taki with the unfortunate injury. So just absolutely devastated to see that. But just like Stadium Mustard, who does not need an introduction, neither does Browns legend Bernie Kozar. Bernie, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Hey, Allie, Dustin, good to be with you. Good to see you again. Bernie, how you been? How's life been treating you this week? 
Yeah, Dustin, you can't get away from me, bro. You know, you show up at the Browns game, now you're stuck with me, man. Here we go, Browns. Hey, you know what? Following you all the way out to Boise. Hey, you know what? I can be followed by a lot a lot less people in the world. Uh, I, You know, my friend Scott Gatiss, I'm going to give him a quick shout-out. He is joining the uh, podcast tonight. We talked in the car. You surprised him with a FaceTime, as we all know. Uh, surprised him in the, the ride back to your place. Uh, yeah, we, but you're really... we, got you, we got you really good brownie points. Um, yeah. We were fun <laughs> on word when we called our boy Scott. He wasn't, I don't, I'm not sure he believed us too much till uh, we got a little FaceTime going. Yeah, but uh, he's the reason, uh, full disclosure, everybody that's watching the show tonight, I am the, you are the reason that I became a Browns fan as a little kid. I went into his basement. He had this seven foot poster on the back of his bedroom door. And he goes, man, this guy, you got to root for this guy. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is because it's Bernie Kosar. And the and then after that, I was a Browns fan ever since. Um, and with that, I'll let Allie uh, jump in here a little bit. Well, wait, before you jump in, Allie, uh, when Dustin was telling me that, and I don't want to swell Scott's ego, but Dustin and uh, Scott massively swelled my cranium by seeing a life-size Bernie Kosar cut out in the basement. <laughs> so thank you for making an old quarterback feel good. Oh man, that's so that's so cool, Bernie. First off, we appreciate having you on. This is awesome. Uh, I can't wait to pick your brain. But man, there's a lot going on with our Cleveland Browns right now. You get Deshaun Watson back after his suspension. Yeah, not much to talk about uh, with the Battle of Ohio. Yeah, not much going on, is there? Yeah, not a lot to unpack. But we finally get Deshaun Watson. um, And it wasn't exactly the prettiest performance um, from the Browns offensively, I'll say. The defense, it was a different Boy, you were being Um, very kind on Thursday night. (laughs) Hey, I do what I can. I do what I can. I'm excited for this team. I think that there's a lot of optimism as we go down the stretch here. Um, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of talent on this team. But, Bernie, I want to turn it over to you just to get your uh, perspective um, on the play of Deshaun Watson and what you think uh, about this team going forward. You know, one of the, the main things I, I, I like about this week is from a quarterback perspective and just an offensive perspective, boy, you would be disappointed in, in, in the performance and the, just the statistical part of it this past Sunday. I really love from our Browns perspective and from Deshaun's perspective that here we are talking to each other on Thursday night and we're learning with some experience after a W. I mean, almost not trying to be too funny, but really this whole century since the team's come back, these type questions are usually trying to be learned after losses and stuff. So it's kind of fun to be talking about the Battle of Ohio, the magnitude of this game this week, an offensive performance this past Sunday that left a lot to be desired, yet we still won the game. And we see that the Houston Texans are going to be picking high in the draft for a reason. Um, That was the the optimal team to come back for, to maybe secure a W like that. But um, this way for Deshaun and stuff, um, you know, we learned from Jacoby back um, in his performance over uh, the 11 games. And as we're getting ready for the Bengals this week, Jacoby ran for a touchdown against the Cincinnati Bengals on Halloween night, October 31st. And it was an eerily similar play to the week before when he threw the interception against the Chargers in the end zone. And here we go a week later, and you heard uh, Jacoby after that play. And I know this may sound long-winded. I'm ultimately going to talk about Deshaun. But you heard Jacoby say during that play that he had flashbacks of the 
Chargers interception and that play, and the game has slowed down so much for him that he was able to process that bad play, make the adjustment, and then uh, not make the same mistake and make an excellent play to give us a score and stuff. And a lot of people were saying, as my dogs are barking in the background, loving this, a lot of people were saying, boy, Jacoby, he's, he's got demons in his head. He's, he's here. He's, he's nervous. And actually, I thought the exact opposite. When Jacoby said that, um, when he said that phrase, the game's slowing down for me, I know, and not to make this about myself, but I remember when I'm playing, when the game was almost in slow motion, I was playing at my best. And, and Jacoby was starting to evolve at, at the end of October, early November. We saw how he finished playing after week 11. The game slowed down for him. His performance was, was really top tier, one of the really top 10 rated quarterbacks in the NFL this season. Why do I say that long-winded story as I get ready for a question on Deshaun? It's almost unrealistic uh, to expect that uh, the 12th, 13th week of the season, that you're going to come in December and have the, the speed of the game and the understanding of what it takes to have all your mechanics down. Um, it's almost unrealistic to see that. And unfortunately, that did materialize. And um, I've heard some people saying, ah, Deshaun was nervous. Oh, Deshaun was scared in the pocket um, because he hadn't been there in 700 days. I absolutely do not think at all that he was scared nor nervous. It's just you're, you're doing three-step jobs. You know, the, the week before the Houston game, you heard so much talk about, hey, we're going to do RPOs with Deshaun. They had that run-pass option. Um, we're gonna, he's going to use his athleticism. A lot of that stuff's easier said than done. You know, you, you've got to make a, on a three-step drop, on an RPO, you're really making decisions in 1.7 to 2.2 seconds. And when you're trying to process all that information – uh, from a mental thing, it's one thing, but then when you have to incorporate the mental side with the physical side, that's when you saw that his feet really weren't in, in, in cohesive and timing and stuff. Is um, You know, we, we talk so much of our arm and the strength of our arm, but a lot of our throwing comes from our core and our balance. And yeah, it's funny for me as an old guy with the worst mechanics ever, one of the least <laughs> athletic quarterbacks here, talking about balance. And, and body placement. But when your body's out of whack and mentally, you're not as quick as you want to be processing the information. Um, your feet and your body don't really correlate along with it. And you see those low throws into the ground sometimes, or you see some of the floating throws. And uh, that's, that's what we saw this past Sunday. You know, real quick question I have for you, Bernie, you know, we talked about. I won't give that long an answer on this question. No, Bernie, you're good. No. We want to hear it. We want to hear from you. <laughs> no, you're good. So we. Yeah, I'm gangstering you brought... your podcast. You can't get. No, over that's it. okay. That's what we're here for. No, so I was going to say, Bernie. You know, you and uh, you know, I'll give you a little shout out here. You know, you and Hanford have quite the little thing going there now with your, you know, the Bernie Kozier with Hanford Dixon that you can catch on Mondays. But you know what I thought was interesting setting on there talking about that 700 days of rust, right? and how everybody wants him to be the savior and come out and save the team. And you're like, we need to kind of pump the brakes here because this is going to be a learning process, even for Deshaun Watson, who is a former Pro Bowl quarterback and, you know, has shown his 
wherewithal in the league, but it's going to take him some time, just like Jacoby, as he prepared through this season and got more and more confident. I think we're going to have to give Deshaun Watson some of that patience because you're right. He's going to have that rust as well, but boy, he will get better and better. And I think Hanford said, boy, once he figures it out, you're going to really see it. So, yeah, Dustin, I, I absolutely concur with you. Deshaun Watson in the long run and the, even in, I believe in the intermediate run, um, I don't think as Brown fans, we have anything from a football standpoint to worry about. Um, in terms of just the next couple weeks, how do we stay in the game? How do we stay in the playoff picture? That's a more probably unrealistic ask of him to come and be at postseason, uh, fourth quarter of the season, um, prime time shape and stuff. When really this is only going to be his second game. We'd only things were off so much from the timing perspective. We only threw the ball eight times in the second half last week. So. Um, for us, I actually love how uh, the team is playing complimentary football as much as Hanford Dixon. I love him to death, the top dog. He doesn't like that phrase, complimentary football. But I absolutely think as team, they were a little galvanized. And the, the defense playing the way they played the other day, that was debatably the most dominant defensive performance, granted, against the poor offense and stuff. But still, as dominant performance as we've had, um, we've also had our defense, and, and I love Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow has had an Achilles heel against the Cleveland Browns being 0-4 and, and stuff against us. Miles Garrett, you know, you, you heard Joe uh, talking in his press conference this week about Miles Garrett and stuff. So how are we able to learn from that last game, keep the pressure on, and really almost galvanize the team? I mean, for us to play defense like we did last week, I mean, to see Donovan Peoples-Jones and Coach Preford and our special teams make a dominant winning uh, performance to where special teams and defense literally won the game for us, um, you're seeing the whole team almost be galvanized from that. Now, it's a, I, I want to be positive. I want to look into this game strongly this week. But realistically, this is a tough ask, the way things are setting up for us to win this game. But – the game of, of the team and the, the youthfulness and the physicalness of the Miles Garrett, the Joel Petonios is two of the, 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 the highest graded, toughest defensive linemen on pro football focus on the defensive line, Joel Petonio, from the offensive line standpoint. We're able to establish some type of toughness and physicalness of it, and we're able to somehow, some way, the old Jimmy Johnson line, the old Marty Schottenheimer way of it, somehow come up with a victory this week, that absolutely gives us the chance to galvanize our team and to really um, try to make a push. It's, hey, it's a long shot. There's no doubt about it. In today's world of analytics, that we're going to show a statistically poor number in terms of, you know, less than probably, I think they said it was a 0.08% chance, you know, to win our division. There's no chance if we don't win, uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals and win the, the Battle of Ohio this week. So the, the philosophical, whether people have liked us organizationally or coaching-wise over the last year or so, the Coach Stefanski kind of mantra of win the week, win, do the best you can today, let's just go 1-0 this week, probably never more true than this week of uh, somehow, some way getting this win to keep us uh, – 
with some shot of, of, of playoff hope. You know, Bernie, it's there. We try to be as optimistic as possible. And I was actually just on another podcast and they had asked, they said, you know, if you lose this game, is the season over? And, you know, the overwhelming answer was, yeah, probably. But if you win, you're going to the Super Bowl. You know, our, our expectations as fans is we're so extreme in that sense. But just to get your perspective. Hey, on look, the- to, just to, that, to, even to yeah. that kind of statement, if we win, we're going to the Super Bowl. Um, some people thought I was just being a homer a couple of weeks ago. Dustin, when you were at the show and we, we were uh, recording it and stuff, and we talked about um, the optimistic side of you said, Allie, if we make the playoffs, we're going to go to the Super Bowl or we win the game, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, let's not get ahead of ourselves with that. Yeah. But one of the things I did say is, you know, when you could run the ball, Nick Chubb had, you know, 101 yards uh, rushing against the Bengals last year. He's a thousand yard rusher uh, again this year. Um, nobody in January wants to play a team that has an offensive line like us and a running game like us. And no, and you see that, and I love Joe Burrow. You, I never wanted to talk about the defensive lineman like that. So when you also have a defensive lineman like a Miles Garrett and, you know, keeping a Jadavian Clowney healthy, um, those are two weapons that, that really travel well in January. And being able to have um, a strong, physical, dominant running game and a Miles Garrett that could uh, possibly take over a playoff game Nobody really wants to go out and play a team like that. So, again, that not that they need to be thinking about that, but the magnitude of this game, you have to take care of our business this week. Well, and, and Ali, you know, that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, think about it. Even though you didn't have the greatest offensive lines during your time, and you probably would just love to have the offensive line we have today. Oh, bring <laughs> it on, brother. <laughs> You're like, if you could play behind that line, you'd be like, hey, I, I could stay upright most of the game. But – Here's the truth, though. I mean, and even thought, if they don't block, you're not allowed to really hit the quarterback much anymore. Right. <laughs> That's true. But you know what I think about is, you know, the same thing. Today's Browns games is similar to what you had, right? Except the offensive line. You had Kevin Mack. You had Ernest Biner. You had Eric Metcalf that kind of could be that kind of release for you and help you take away from not having to control the entire football game. So it is interesting how. We are so similar now. Yeah, as Dustin, a fantastic, Dustin, fantastic point. Um, you know, it's it's, it's uh, December uh, twenty twenty two, and we're talking about uh, Bernie Kosar, Kevin Mack, and Ernest Biner in nineteen eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. And you think you think that in thirty seven, thirty eight years, you've heard all the games change, everything's different. It's amazing to me when I watch the Browns offense now that the person uh, personnel groups, the plays, the way it's blocked, it's almost exactly similar to stuff I did thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight years ago with. Kevin Mack, um, Ernest Biner, and I absolutely, um, you know, Eric Metcalf, Leroy Horde, and I yep. absolutely uh, see the synergies uh, and the similarities um, of a Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, that that creates such a safety factor um, um, and a confidence factor for us quarterbacks. So they got our back. I mean, they're literally at our back. And one of the things that I also noted uh, from last week's game, um, we're, we're massively successful with Coach Stefanski and our offensive staff at game planning and scripting 
those first 15 or so plays. We've, we've scored six touchdowns uh, this season on opening drives. Um, we come up with really good personnel groups, motions and shifts. Um, typically a lot to tight ends. Definitely we could use David Chief Najoku back this week and healthy. Um, but also we use those backs and we were very creative in the screen game, especially early to tight ends and, and running backs. Um, Last week, and we've been running quite a few of those plays, so it's not overly an indictment of play calling or anything last week because you can't run those plays all the time. But we didn't really run any of them last week. So this week may be a good week, too. He didn't have too many on film. It's Deshaun's second game. Um, this may be a good week to have some of those kind of easier plays where every play isn't a, a massive read, a massive check, a, a tough throw under duress to an intermediate target, to a guy that's covered in man. It's, you know, sometimes you um, um, want to get your feet wet with some positive, somewhat safer, easier throws. The screen and um, kind of personnel group motions and shifts is a way to do that early in the game. And I look for us to do that too. Um, I also, early in the game, um, I have quite a few thoughts as to, you know, how do I want to handle big games when I go on the road and stuff, especially with a division, um, a division rival um, um, like that, because um, you want to set, you know, you want to set the tempo of, of who you are and um, what you're about early. So, you know, um, last week, uh, um, last week he came out running the ball and we ran the ball really successfully against the Bengals in the 32 to 13 stomping of them on, on uh, Halloween and stuff. So, you know, maybe like it's, if you have some of those screen and personnel plays that there are also looking for some maybe deep shots early that can give Deshaun an opportunity one to just to show everybody, hell I'm back. This is my day. I believe in myself. I got a beautiful arm. It's been almost two years. I haven't whipped the ball 65, 70 yards downfield. Just go for it. Amari Cooper was dominant in the first game against the Bengals. The Bengals are a little banged up at the corner position. Instead of saying, hey, I'm a little tentative. I'm a little nervous. I'm not sure if I got my game back. Let me try to... Let me try to instill a little of that confidence and belief early. And, and sometimes if you try to do that in your throwing those intermediate routes, those are challenging plays. And I know it sounds cool and it sounds hard to throw a bomb, but typically bombs early with good pass protection really should be safe throws. They shouldn't be interceptions. You have a chance for a big play. Um, you have a chance for pass interference. You have a chance to galvanize and, 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 and um, show your team a lot of emotion and really show your team, I'm here today. This is my day. Okay, and I think something like that, I kind of, if I was Deshaun, I'd, I'd, I'd want to put in the back of my head to kind of make a statement early to let people know that I'm ready to go. You ain't got to worry about me today. I won't be the issue. I won't be the reason why we don't get an, uh, a W today. You know, Bernie, with that, you know, if, if Deshaun Watson is able to come out early on in the game and connect on some of those big throws and maybe do some more things that he's more comfortable with, for example, I was never really of the belief that Kevin Stefanski was going to just expand his playbook with Deshaun Watson. I think it was going to be a lot more run action concepts, play action concepts, 
um, RPOs, of course, just things that that kind of enhance this offense to the skill set of Deshaun Watson. You put him in some more of those concepts, but connecting on some of those big plays and, and doing them early and often, what does that do for the confidence of somebody like Deshaun Watson? For one, he hasn't played in forever, but two, in a must-win game situation as a quarterback, what's that do for you? Well, the confidence for you and the guys around you absolutely does a ton for you. And that sounds easier said than done, kind of a, a no kidding type statement. I try not to swear here, but <laughs> the, the um, uh, trying to be in the flow of things like that, that, that I'm, I like it because it shows that you're able to check your feelings and be able to show that you believe in yourself. Even if you don't believe in yourself, it gives you a chance to show the guys around you that you're here and, and you believe you can make, you can make those plays. Um, again, because we started last week and the drop back game was, was, was a challenge um, early in the game. I'm not sure I would go into that so much early and, there's things you could do off of your play action, which you astutely point out, that could create checkdowns in front of you, create safer type throws, somewhat easier type throws. Because one of the things, um, and unfortunately, too, I really like Cincinnati's uh, defensive coordinator, Lou Anamarumo. I say his name wrong with the last name, but he, he does, unfortunately, a really nice job of game playing. Cincinnati Bengals miss the least amount of tackles in the NFL, yet they um, almost do a game plan specific type uh, scheme when they're coming. So early within the first quarter, typically each week, Coach, Coach uh, Lou has a, um, um, kind of a defense of the week, a kind of plan of the week. Um, sometimes it's blitzing. Sometimes it's heavy man. Sometimes it's just rushing four. He's had really good success lately, and the Cincinnati Bengals, unfortunately, have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs three times in 2022, won the game last week at Cincinnati. They were running against Patrick Mahomes, a, a four-man-looking front, and coverage seven guys behind it. What they ultimately ended up doing, though, is in that four-man front was rushing, rushing three, dropping seven and spying that fourth guy on Patrick Mahomes. They beat him again doing that defense. That made the throwing windows tight, and then that it hurt the ability of Patrick Mahomes to run the ball. God, that's, that's what I'm looking for if I'm early. I want to see, is that what they got planned for us? I don't even want to say this on the podcast. I hope that's not what they do against us. That's what people started doing again to me at the end of my career. And I had to retire. Um, I want blitz man coverage. I think Deshaun would like some blitz man coverage. Um, please, the Cincinnati Bengals, they typically do about six to ten snaps a game and every game of zero coverage where they bring all seven guys. God, please let me let them do that to me. That gives you an opportunity for those big plays. They didn't do that to Patrick Mahomes too much. They had good success bottling him up and making him earn their way down the field. 
I think I'm gonna, we're going to see a little more of that. And that would bode itself well to, Allie, your points of some play action passing and being safe and having your check downs and backs and tight ends in, um, in positions right in front of you. Sure. So, Bernie, here's a question. You brought up a very unique thing. The way teams just sometimes match up so well against another team and then you just don't match up uh, just personnel-wise. Here we have a Bengals team now that's beat the Chiefs three three and zero, right? Joe Burrow's three and zero against them, and the Cleveland and they're zero and four against the Cleveland Browns. But what's unique to that? That was with Mayfield, that was with Jacoby, you know, and I think maybe it was Baker twice. Uh, and then, but I'm just, I, I think of that even with different quarterbacks, the Bengals just have not been able to figure out how to get over the hump with the Cleveland Browns. So uh, what I want to ask you, is there teams that you would go up and feel confident against in your career where you'd go, you know, I don't like playing these guys because I just don't, you know, just as a team, I know we just don't match up well, but man, give me this team every week because I feel confident I can win it. Did you have specific teams in your career that you could look at and just say, hey, for whatever reason, they had our number or we had their number? God, great question. Thanks, Dustin. And I'm not trying to be funny, but most of them I like because I had their number and I knew what defense they were playing. So I I really spent a lot of my time OCDing, studying the division. So Steelers, Bengals, the old school Houston Oilers and stuff. So I love playing those guys. Those guys are great for my career because I made myself learn those defensive coordinators. I made sure I learned those plays. And those are the teams that, you know, I, I could maybe talk into talk them into blitzing me. You know, those are the guys that would believe that, that they could kill me and get me off my game. And the blitzing was what I needed to, um, to take advantage, you know, to take advantage of, um, of what they were doing. You know, one of the things we've been talking so much about our offense um, against their defense, um, one of the things, too, that I, I found super interesting um, with us going – 4-0 against Joe Burrow is, it's been well documented, whether it's your show, my show, any media show, our Cleveland Browns have massively struggled in our run defense this yep. year. Our ability, <laughs> our inability to stop the run is, it's, it's been why we are, um, we're five and seven right now. And that, is, that inability to do that um, has been a massive struggle and stuff. Um, Cincinnati, played right into our beautiful hands in the last game and only ran the ball 10 times. Um, Mixon, eight times for 27 yards. Uh, um, Joe Burrow had one of the carries for two yards. They only got they only got like 30 yards rushing against us. That's playing into our hands. They had, they were four for 10 on third down uh, conversions. They had third and two, third and three, third and four, um, or at least three times in the game. Um, Coach Joe Wood, who's taken a, a little bit of flack for game planning and stuff, did a unique twist into his play calling. We, as the Cleveland Browns, on third and five, third and five or six minus um, in the first game on Halloween, we were playing two deep five under man coverage against the Bengals to shut down those awesome wide receivers. That defense screams. Run the ball against it, screams it. Then that's 
And if that's if you're good run defense to stop it, you barely can stop the run, let alone if you're challenged stopping the run like we are. So it screams run the ball against the Joe Woods. Hadn't showed that. The Bengals weren't making checks. And and we got them on that. We got three, three or four um, possession changes because of that defense and that scheme. Make no doubt about it. Joe, uh, Joe Woods knows. I hope they all know that the Bengals will watch film. They will look for that. So there'll be that chess match now in the second game. What are we going to do defensively today uh, or my, Sunday to make Joe Burrow think and to not give them those easy throws with those three awesome receivers they got? Yeah. Um, Cincinnati has not allowed a 300-yard passer this year. By the way, the Browns are the only team with over 400 yards or 30 points against them this season. Nick Chubb is the last and only player to run for 100 yards this season. So there are some keys here. There are some recipes for the Browns to come away with a win. And Bernie, I'll get you out of here on this one. I know we got a game coming up. We all want to go watch it. But Bernie, yeah, is it, did anybody give us a shout out? Is Baker playing yet? I don't know. Is he? Is he playing? I don't know. I don't have it pulled up. Uh, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be an interesting situation. I was so challenged to get online here. I'm proud I pulled that off. (laughs) Oh, it is. It is something. Uh, So we'll get off and go watch that here in a second. But Bernie, you know, there are some recipes here. There are some roads to success against this Bengals team. And historically, well, not historically, but over the past couple of years, the Browns have had their number. But going into this game, what would you say are some of the main keys to a victory? Um. Mainly the keys, I believe, to the victory are almost similar to what we've wanted to do all season. Um, one of the things uh, the Zach Taylor, their head coach, said about the last game, we jumped out to a 25-0 lead. Um, it's, again, a no-kidding statement. But we, uh, more than other teams, play so much better with the lead. We yeah. are built to run the ball we aren't built to throw the ball 50 times a game, and we are meant to pass rush. Miles Garrett, with the lead, gets a sack and a half um, last game against the Bengals. When, you're, when we have the lead and they've got a throw, that's our sweet spot. Um, the the, the uh, Bengals are, um, unfortunately, hitting their stride. So to let them jump out early, we're not a team – that's really set up to come back now. So right. it's really imperative early. And again, this plays well into what our coaching staff and a little of what we've done on game planning and scripting of starting good, starting um, with somewhat of a lead. Somehow, some way, we need to try to score first. Yes, we want touchdowns, even if it's three nothing. We need to try to play with the lead so we could run the ball and play and throw the play action game and throw the shots when we want to. And then we need them to have the mindset that they need to be coming back. They can't run and they need to throw. And, and with the way Joe is um, uh, able to throw the ball, typically um, that's the, that's the least of the two poisons. Although that's, yeah. that's not the best thing in the world either to say, Oh God, great. I, I forced Joe Burrow to throw 45 passes. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. Bernie, this is awesome. Thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it so much. Hey, my dad just texted me and said, uh, no Baker yet. 
So we'll get okay, you yeah. and go watch them. <laughs> All right. hey, hey, Bernie, it's always a pleasure. It's, you know, it was great to uh, see you down there at the podcast. If anybody has not seen their podcast, uh, it's on Twitter Monday afternoons. It is the Bernie Kosar and the Hand for Dixon show. It was great to set on set. Uh, a good friend of yours, Todd Blocker, down with the Beaver Creek Browns backers. Is oh, a big yes. fan of the show. So um, uh, it's his birthday. So I just, happy if you want to birthday. wish him a happy birthday, I'm sure he would love that. So. Okay. Hey, uh, I've been getting a lot of calls. If you want any of these shirts, we'll send Todd one of the uh, 19 shirts at Kosar19.com. Okay? Yeah. I just Your say, Christmas presents. Yeah. I, I just it. say, as I say, Kozar19, you can get the autographs or the t-shirts at Kozar19.com. Guys, anything uh, with Kozar stuff. Uh, Bernie, it, this was a lifelong dream for me to get you onto the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on again. Okay, sometime. hey, bef before you will have me back, but before I go, do we still have that life-size cutout of myself anywhere? I mean, oh, are, no. we don't have <laughs> Well, he's he's watching here. Maybe he'll put something in the comments, okay, but Scott, I don't know if he has that out post for us, brother. Huh? <laughs> Thanks a lot, everyone. You matter. All right, Bernie. Go, go uh, Browns. Go, go Browns. You matter, Bernie. Go Browns. Appreciate yeah. it. Take care. Thanks, Alan. Thanks. That Alan. is Browns legend, Bernie Kozar. Uh, we appreciate him so much. Allie. What a guy. Awesome. Here's How awesome was that, Dustin? Allie, I got to just say this. I, you were taking that in because you're an X's and O's girl. Does that make sense? Like you die, you get into the game and you dig in there and you're looking at the position groups and like you, like I could see you were just taking in how he was talking, what the Browns do and all that. And just, he is so smart when yeah, it comes to, I mean, and you know, this is, you know, not to take anything away from other quarterbacks, but the one thing that many people have said about Bernie Kosar is how smart uh, Bernie Kosar was at quarterback and how he got rid of the ball. And like you said, blitz me, baby, let's go. I'm going to, I'm going to make you pay today. And just, uh, Allie, I don't know if you're aware of this stat, but there was, I think almost 20 years, Bernie Kosar held the NFL record for the most passes of any quarterback without an interception. That just tells me he's a smart, you know, a, a smart football player. He didn't turn the ball over. Right. Like, right. and you only get that from, like he said, studying those defenses of your division foes and knowing the game. Right. But uh, what a wealth of knowledge. And we will love to have you back on sometime, Bernie. It was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And also we've got a uh, cream hunt senior here in the comments, cream hunt. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we want to, we don't want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Cleveland whiskey, whether it's a stressful day or you're celebrating a Cleveland Browns victory. You need to kick back with some Cleveland whiskey where they put their heart and soul into their product. They've got great whiskeys finished with um, a variety of woods other than oak and not only in a barrel, but natural flavors without sugar and syrup, no artificial coloring. You can buy now at local Northeast Ohio liquor store. Head on over to clevelandwhiskey.com. It's, it's time for me to fill my bottle. I'll get a new bottle going there. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There we go. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. you know, I got to tell you, like, Allie, I just kind of felt like I almost wanted him to just take over the podcast and just go and, and give us the knowledge. Because I got to tell you, when you sat there and listened to him in person describe how he kind of knows what that quarterback's thinking or what he's feeling because he's been in that position and been that leader. It's 
it's it's kind of interesting to watch, right? From a from a fan perspective, because we just see the game, but he can he knows, right? Like I know what he's what he's feeling down there because I've been there, right? He yeah. goes, I know what that's like, you know, to be in that position. Um, you know, the one question we didn't get to ask him, but I think I'd like to ask him. He has spent some some decent amount of time with Deshaun Watson, and it yeah. would be interesting to see what his takeaway was being around him personally. Um, that might be a question we should ask him at some point in the future. What was that, you know, what have, what, what have you gotten with that feel being around him up close and personal and having those conversations with him, you know, quarterback to quarterback in a room. So. Yeah, most definitely. A uh, lot of fun. One of my, my favorite conversations, we got to do it live on the podcast tonight. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, but we still have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. Brown's place, the only talkie talkie on intro reserve. That is just absolutely. Sad. I'm sad. That made me sad. Uh, I hate it. I hate that. Um, just brutal. And then Anthony Schwartz also on IR. Um, but here's the thing. And I, I would have liked to ask Bernie this as well, but it's the next man up mentality. You talk about Tony Fields, Dustin, and in the game against Houston, the way he stepped up in a massive, massive way, not only on the field, but what that can do to his confidence as he's going to step into a much larger role down the stretch of this season. And then you've got opportunities for guys like Mike Woods. Um, you know, you bring in some re- re- receivers, excuse me, it's going to be interesting, but I, I, call me crazy. I, maybe I'm overly optimistic, but there's a chance for this team. There's a chance for this team to put it together. Now, offensively, it didn't particularly look look that way uh, last week against Houston, but the pieces are there. If some way, somehow, they can find a way to come together, Dustin, you know, this, this is a pretty, pretty talented team heading well, in the right direction, hopefully. Well, here's the thing. Do I think the Browns could lose this game on Sunday? Absolutely. Do I think the Browns could win this game on Sunday? Absolutely. And here's why. I sat in front of a television this year, and I watched a Browns-Jets game where I was ready to go home. I was done. I was packing my stuff up, and I was happy. And then I'm like, oh, crap, what is happening? Oh, crap, what's happening? So can the Browns still make the playoffs? Yes, it's the National Football League. Teams go on a run, and they lose, and some teams go on a run. I, Ali, I don't know about you, but I feel – after us watching that game in person against Tampa Bay and then watching what Tampa Bay did the other night, what Tom Brady did. I mean, you saw that, right? I mean, scoring those two touchdowns at the end of the game, like Tom Brady normally does. I just think this team has kind of found their, found their way. Don't you think it just seems like, okay, we gotta, we gotta help Deshaun Watson out. He's rusty today, guys. Come on. I don't know. I see this team playing as a team now. Like, you know, we talked four or five weeks ago. When is the I don't give a damn going to not be I give a damn now? And now it's I showing. think they, it's there now, right? The give yeah. a damn says, it, it right? seems to be. And not only on offense, not only on defense, yeah. but on all Special teams. Of this team. Special it's team. Just, yeah. And, and for Donovan Peoples Jones to break one open, man, that was awesome. Um, look. As Bernie said, it is so much easier to nitpick and and pick out some of the the not so pretty things um, after a win. It's so much easier to do that. Coming off of a loss, I mean, everybody in the comments, you you stuck around. You know how some of these podcasts have gone in the past. You know, we're complaining and crying after a Browns loss, but <laughs> after a win, it's easier to do so. Uh, but look, you know, I don't know why, but uh, this Browns team seems to have the Bengals number um, and they've done it with quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, uh, Jacoby Brissett and Case Keenum. So <laughs> it's not just, this isn't just relying on one quarterback. This is for whatever reason they figure it out, but I don't know that that's sustainable, yeah. but 
it's a good matchup. Well, I will tell you this. I would rather us go into Cincinnati having momentum like we have yes. than kind of doing this, right? Like, because oh, Allie. Dustin, yeah. this Cincinnati team got off to an incredibly sleepy start. And I think yeah. we all kind of anticipated that, right? We knew that coming off of the Super Bowl uh, appearance that they would have some type of, of slow start, and they certainly did. But good teams get hot now, or they get hot a couple of weeks ago. And that's what this this Bengals team has done. This is a very, very good football team, especially offensively. Defensively, they're, they're okay. Um, however, they match up well with your Cleveland Browns. Go ahead, Dustin. Sorry. No, you know what's Allie is is interesting. Like we were, it's funny. We went to the Halloween game, and then we said, "Nope, we're not going to Halloween games again." And then they beat the Bengals and blew the doors off on Halloween night. Mm -hmm. But Allie, if when we left that stadium a year ago, when we just put a putrid performance against the Steelers on the field, which by the way they weren't that good of a Steelers team, they were kind of okay, right? If you told me we were going to go down to Cincinnati the following week and blow the doors off of them and put up the amount of points we did, I would have been, you are crazy that we're going to do that, right? And you know, we were listening to the radio. They were ready to fire Joe Woods a year ago yeah. uh, after that game. And like, guess what? The game comes in, it, it, it ebbs and flows. But I do know this, the teams that get hot in December and continue to stay hot, the NFL doesn't want to play those teams, Al. You know why? Because they're hot at the right time, right? If, if the Browns are going to get hot and have a chance, right now is when they got to get hot and they got to stay hot and stay healthy. More importantly, stay healthy, stay hot. And that, you know, at the end of the day, if you win six games in a row at the end of the season and you're 10 and seven and you don't make the playoffs, okay, you're 10 and seven, though. You gave it your all down the stretch when you're supposed to play your toughest football. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask much more of the team. I mean, you, 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 Jacoby, you know, whatever, the defense. But if you ran off six straight, let me just tell you, Browns fans out there, if the Browns run off six straight and even don't make the playoffs, they haven't done that in the modern era of Cleveland Browns since 1999 ever. The longest winning streak for the Cleveland Browns since 1999 is four games. They roll out six here. That's unprecedented. So let's, you know, I, I, again, let's pump the brakes, right? If they do this, that's a lot to build on even into next year if they pull this off. So Yeah, yeah most definitely. Dustin, um, you know what I like? I like a glass of wine. You like wine? Do you? I do like, I like wine. wine? Uh, why don't you tell our friends about uh, Lorello Vineyards? Well, let's just talk about Lorello Vineyards just for a second. Because, Allie, you know, we actually, we talk about this. We have a lot of fun. We do a lot of great things. But you know what we did? We got to go on Larry Lorello's bus. Right? Awesome. And how cool was that? Like he just like again, can we just put it out there? Browns fans are like family. They just take you in, they give you a drink, they say, Welcome to the party, good, bad, or indifferent. What do the Browns do best? They're number one in the National Football League at tailgating. I don't think anybody can argue that. But the Browns know how to tailgate. They're there at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. They wake Allie and I up out of the Doubletree Hotel. But guess what? They're ready to go at 6 a.m. But our friend Larry Lorello um, from Lorello Vineyards um, was so gracious to say, hey, you guys, do you want my tickets? Let's. I'm not going to the game. Here, take them. Allie and I are like, are you sure? This We just met you. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going. I'm taking the bus home. And we're like, okay, that is amazing. So it's just those type of people. So we're like, let's start a relationship with these guys. They seem like a right fit for the for the podcast. So we'll get into this more. But uh, they've been doing it for over 20 years right 
over there in Northeast Ohio. That is Lorello Vineyards. We'll have them on at some point. But Allie, I think there's some wine coming. I think oh, we're going to be able to. Well, Allie, you know, Allie, after a stressful of her of her real job during the day, likes to have a nice glass of wine to relax and on the on the podcast. And you know what? I like stuff sweet. Allie doesn't even call my stuff coffee. We know this is true. She calls it milk. So you know what? I like a little sweeter wine. So I'll take a white. Allie, I'll have a red. We'll get to enjoy some of this wine. But anyway, just would like to thank our new sponsor, Lorello Vineyards, yes. for joining. Yes, we cannot wait uh, to work with you on Northeast Ohio grown grapes um, in most wines, uh, such as their off dry Riesling, Pinot Grigio. Look, they've got it all. They've got it all. Look at this. I'm on their website right now. I cannot wait to get some of that. Um, Dustin, you know, this is a good Cincinnati team. This is a really good Cincinnati team. We mentioned it. They're getting, they're getting hot at the right time. Offensively, you know, their skill position players. Uh, they have Joe Mixon back. Samaji P. Ryan has been hot the past couple of weeks. Um, Jamar Chase coming back and his, uh, the, the supporting cast members. And I kind of hate to say that because they're very, very good football players and Tyler Boyd and, uh, T Higgins. You're not going to have Hayden Hurst in this game. However, Defensively, they're solid, but I wouldn't consider them anything extravagant. They're ninth in the red zone, 15th in yards per play, 15th in turnovers, 29th in sacks. Not great. Uh, 22nd on third down, 16th against pass, 13th uh, scoring, 12th in total defense, and 15th in uh, the rush. Who you need to know defensively uh, is uh, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard out of Ohio State. Those are the edge rushers. Hedrickson leads the team with six sacks and 49 pressures, which is second in the National Football League, um, behind only Miles Garrett. Uh, Sam Hubbard, 41 pressures, five sacks on this season. DJ Reader is their interior defensive tackle. Really, really good football player, BJ Hill. He's got two sacks. Um, but when you look at the back end of this defense, I don't entirely love it. You've got Eli Apple, Von Bell, Jesse Bates, they're starting Cam Taylor Britt. Look, just name some really, really good football players. Um, but with uh, with Ouzier on injured reserve, Anderson injured reserve, you know they've they've had some injured that position. Um, I like our I like our chances here defensively. I think that our offensive uh, skill position players, really our offense as a whole, is a good matchup. Uh, Bernie mentioned it. You know they like. The, the zero blitz, they like to do that. But if you do that against a player like Deshaun Watson, you know, he can carve you up like a freaking steak. He will absolutely annihilate you, not only with his arm, but he can do so with his legs. Against Jacoby Brissett, it may have been more successful. Against a player like this, it's kind of a different story. Um, Dustin, what matchups are you looking forward to in this game? You know, Lamar, you know, Lamar Chase, right? I think that's going to, you know, that's going to be the biggest uh, – to me, that's going to be the biggest challenge, right? The first time the Browns played him this year, he wasn't in the game, right? He's back. Um, he looked like for somebody that was out pretty damn good the other night when he played, right? Baker is in. Baker's in. Okay, Baker's in. Um, what is Baker doing? But anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I want to see that matchup with Chase. I want to see uh, – Who's going to be on them? Who's going to, you know, what that is going to look like. But here's the other thing. He hasn't had the best games against the Browns. It's mm -hmm. like Zell seems to like almost salivate that, you know, and we, you know, Hanford's talked about this, right, Allie? Uh, he has literally said, give me the best, right? I want to play my best game against the best receiver, right? Like, and I think Denzel Ward is up for that challenge. So I do want to look at that matchup. 
because I do think Burrow is going to try to take some shots on us, uh, maybe early, like even like Bernie was saying, you know, do some deep throws to see if you can get lucky on us. But that's probably the matchup I'm going to look at and just see how the corners play. That's yeah. going to be one of the things. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Cream Hunt Senior might want to come on this one day. Um, absolutely, you are invited anytime. We'd love to have you here on the Here We Go Brownies podcast. Um, but but Dustin, I I agree. Here's the thing. Um, am am I concerned about Jamar Chase? Well, yeah, of course. He's one of the best receivers in the National Football League. But to be honest and fair, um, the matchup uh, between him and Denzel, um, and and the the performance of MJ Emerson. Uh, Greg Newsom. You can even throw Greedy. Uh, you can throw Grant into that conversation. They've all played significantly better than they have in weeks past. It's starting to come together. I feel a little bit more confident uh, in being able to defend the pass. Where I'm a little bit more concerned is against the run. Uh, as I mentioned, Samaje P. Ryan, he's been playing very well. Uh, they get Johnson back. And unfortunately, that has been the Achilles heel of this Browns team is stopping the run. So that's really my biggest concern. Uh, but when we played them the first time around, they ran it like next to zero times. Uh, they they did not exploit that weakness of this Browns um, team. But you know what? We'll see how this goes. I'm excited about it. This game always gets me pumped up with the Battle of Ohio. Uh, just a lot of friends and family that are friend or that are fans of excuse me the Cincinnati Bengals. So I like to give them a little heck, and you know it's just it's well, just a lot of fun. Well, Allie, you know this first and foremost. When we went down and to see Todd and played in that golf tournament, which I'm a little afraid to play in now because Allie's actually uh, up in her game a little bit in golf. Uh, but that is Bengal country down there. And, you know, Todd's got that, you know, the Browns bar down there with a couple hundred people that show up on Sundays. But that is definitely Bengals country down there in Dayton. So uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, there it is. It is Larry. Browns bus will be down in Cincinnati. Hey, go check them out. They are awesome. Um, real quick, if uh, whether it's sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs or senior housing, Candy, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio, has a perfect home for everyone. Candy has your one-stop shop for housing in the region with apartments and amenities for everyone, including residential, commercial, retail, and corporate housing. Find your dream home at Candy. Visit Candy.com to get started. That's the letter. That's the letter K. Excuse me. The word and the letter D. Dot com. Um, Dustin, I am pleased to announce that I beat you last week. Oh, Allie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so, for, you, for those like of you that... Taking, that was like taking victory out of the... Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, Dustin and I have a friendly wager going on where we uh, pick games every single week. Oh. I am 5-4-3 on the season. He is 4-5-3. So, it's pretty darn close. Um, I know that there's a game going on currently, but it's relatively early on. Um, let's just is there go any ahead. Scoring? Is there any scoring? There it is. I think the Raiders are up. Um, I'm actually not. Don't don't even look it up. Don't look it up, Dustin. All right, Allie, can we call an audible here? We won't call this game. Okay. In okay. Is that fair? That's fair. That I was I was going back and forth on how we wanted to do that. So let's cross this one off. All right. Um, let's kick it off here. Vikings. By the way, why don't, why don't we tell? We have, we have a lot of new viewers in tonight. Um, why don't we tell them what our wager is? Because it's not, it's a friendly wager, but it's not a cheap wager. Go ahead and tell them what it is. Um, it is a stake at the Marble Room in Cleveland. The Marble Room in Cleveland, yes, the Marble uh, Room. By the way, uh, we should get them on here because we're giving them free plugs if we're yeah, yeah, we're doing that every single week. Um, real quick to my to my aunt Kathy, uh, she said, "What is Bernie's website again?" Uh, for anybody wondering, it is Kozar19.com. I'll drop that here in the comments. Uh, but it is Kozar19.com because uh, he had a really cool shirt on. But Dustin, let's kick it off here. 
Vikings at Lions. Okay, weird. The Lions are favored in this football game. Vegas has the Lions, like, in this game. So you know what? Vegas isn't usually wrong. I got to pull an audible. You're, um, I'm down I'm down one game here on you. I'm going Lions. Okay, I'm going to go Vikings. Um, Ravens and Steelers. Yeah. Ravens at Steelers, right? Steelers. The Steelers are playing pretty good right now, and Pickett's looking a little more confident. Uh, Huntley's in, right? No, uh, no Lamar this week, right? Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm. This is this is the week. I, I'm. I'm getting a little crazy. Probably not smart. Steelers. Look, Dustin. I don't think that that's crazy. Like I, I'm actually going to take them as well um, because of where it's at, and we need the Steelers to win. Hate rooting for them, but uh, we we'd like to see that outcome. Yeah, but I mean, it's Huntley's not Lamar Jackson either, right? Yeah. So yeah. Brown, well, he did play like it sometimes last year, but Browns, Bengals. You know, I got to go Browns because here's the reason, not because I'm a homer pick. Until the Browns prove me wrong, they've got the Bengals number. I'm going Browns. Yeah, I'm going Browns. Uh, Jets at Bills. Bills. Yeah, same. Texans at Cowboys. Okay, Texans. Or hot garbage. And I got to see them up close on TV. Hot garbage Cowboys. Yeah, they're so bad. Um, Eagles at Giants. Eagles. They look hot. They are pretty darn good. I'm going to go Eagles as well. Jags at Titans. They just fired the GM, I believe, for the Titans. They did. They did. Uh, who, uh, who was playing there again? Sorry, who was playing at the uh, – uh, Jags at Titans. Jags just got blown out by I'm gonna go Titans because they see there's some there's some nervousness in the room. I think that makes players want to play a little better. Uh and the Jags got blown out by the Lions. So I'm gonna go Titans. Yeah, I'm gonna go Titans here as well. Chiefs at Broncos. Well, the Broncos can't find any offense in a closet no. in a house next door. Chiefs are gonna be pissed off losing to the Cincinnati Bengals again. Chiefs. Yeah, they're not. I just don't know what to do with these Broncos. They're so bad. Uh, Panthers at Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks are playing well. Yeah, they are. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you there. Uh, Bucks at 49ers. Ooh. God. Um, this is weird for me because defenses can stymie good quarterbacks, but and it's at San Francisco. I it's Purdy's going to be starting right. That that. You know, I think I'm gonna. I think the Bucks come back down to life because that's kind of how they are this season. I'm gonna take the 49er decent defense at home. Okay, I'm not. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. Um, I, I don't believe in Brock Purdy. Uh, I don't think he's terrible, uh, but I do agree with your your statement about defense. Uh, I'm just gonna take the Bucks here. Dolphins at Chargers. I know this is gonna sound weird, but. Aren't the Chargers kind of playing for their playoff lives right now? Yeah. They really are. Yeah. yeah. They do this every single year. I always say, oh my God, this is such a good team. And then. But they end up playing like, well, didn't they play that game against the Raiders last year where they kind of played in to get into the whatever? But uh, yeah. um, I'm going to go Chargers here just because I think they're the more desperate football team right now. I, I, I agree with you. I was going to take the Chargers here as well. And it's at home. Look, the Chargers are a really good football team. They just. Like the Browns in a lot of ways, can't get out of their own way. Uh, right. Patriots 
Cardinals, last but not least. Patriots at Cardinals? Yeah. I think the Cardinals have lost themselves. And Bill Belichick in December, last time I checked, is pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Patriots. Huh, this one's a little bit weird for me. Um, hmm. Hmm. You're going Patriots on this one? Yes, ma'am. You know, hmm, I think I agree. But it's uh, in did they did the Patriots win last week? That I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what? No, I'm not. I, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals here. Okay. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, real quick, though, why don't you tell everybody about Hotworks? Well, Allie, after enjoying some Angelo's pizza <laughs> yes. in Cleveland, after enjoying some amazing Angelo's pizza, guess what happened? I gained a couple pounds. That's natural, right? But our friends over at Hotworks in Strongsville um, and Avon Lake, uh, and, Avon Lake and, and soon to be Rocky River, uh, that'll be open, I believe, in February or March. Um, Allie and I had a great time there. Got to meet their entire staff just a couple weeks ago. Great people, uh, great energy. But Allie, I'm down 20 pounds. I know you used Hot Works. Uh, you're a believer in it as well. They have places there in Myrtle Beach as well. But I got to tell you, Allie, here's the best part about Hot Works. If you just go in the door to the Avon or the Strongsville location and say, hey, here we go, Brownies, said I could come in and get my first month free. I said that right. Free, no obligation, walk in the door, say, hey, I want to work out. I want to see what this place is all about. I want to be more healthy. Walk in. Mention the show. Here we go, Brownies. You get your first month free, no obligations. Check it out. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. It's twice. It's half the workout, twice the calories burned, and it's work. I think it – I love it, Allie, just from, a, uh, from an efficiency standpoint. We get busy. We have busy lives. We don't sometimes have an hour and a half to go work out. 30 minutes, you're in and out. You burn twice the calories, and you feel good. So I can't say enough about them. They've changed my life. Feel good, they you feel good, you play good. Yeah, well, they've changed me mentally and physically, yeah. I mean, just on a personal level. So Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, so please do go check them out. You mentioned the Here We Go Brownies podcast. You're going to get your first month for free, for free. Um, so that's really exciting. You know what else is exciting is the fact that we just had Bernie Coase on dust, and that was awesome. <laughs> Such a fun show. Uh, you know, this this was great. I think one of the best conversations we had to really be able to break it down. Um, but Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Thursday evening? I was just um uh I got a text from him. Yeah, good times, loved it. So just Bernie again, uh thank you. You you have such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to football. Um, you are beloved in Cleveland. Um, you know, just you know, you you and I will just say this about Bernie Kosar. Al, you know this. In today's modern world of Miami beaches and Southern California and all these players that want to play in the warmth, Allie likes to live in the warmth. We all do. We want our comforts of life, right? But the fact that Bernie Kosar was from Youngstown, Ohio, Boardman High School, decided and manipulated his way to get drafted by the Cleveland Browns to come back and play there and Allie, this is before my memory of Cleveland as a city, but this was a blue-collar city that had high unemployment, mm -hmm. was not doing well economically, and guess what those Clevelanders did? They wrapped themselves around one thing consistently that they could do on Sundays, and that was watching winning football down by the lake and their hometown hero, Bernie Kosar, playing. 
And that's why I believe, and we know this, Allie, this city is this high on mm -hmm. Mondays if they win, and they're down here if they lose because they do love their Cleveland Browns. And, Allie, you're a big fan of the Cavs. You have season tickets. We love our Guardians. But we know Cleveland's a football town. There's no joke about it. And we know if they ever do go to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to shut the city down for a couple of days because nobody's going to want to do a damn thing because this is truly a football city. Um, we love our sports, but they do really, no matter if they're 0-16 or 10-6 and 6 or 10-7, and 7, people love their football team here. Absolutely right. Guys, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Stay safe. St stay healthy. You matter. Go Browns. Go Browns.